welcome to Secondhand Film Critics, your favorite source for mildly pretentious, semi-uneducated, and highly unqualified opinions on movies. I'm Kayla, um, I am one of your co-hosts, and I am here with my other co-host... Noah. <laughs> I don't know why I introduced it like that, but... I don't know. Sometimes you got to find a way to spice things up. You know, I just tried to be different, but I don't think it I don't think it worked. <laughs> I don't think it I it, got, it didn't give the vibe I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I try to come up with something different and then it just never happens and I can't think of anything. So maybe I have to prepare more. Yeah. Or we have to change the intro or something. I don't know. I like the intro. No, it's a good intro. Um now now I think we can say it's officially 2022. Because last week yeah. we did a uh, review of Hawkeye, which technically that was 2022, but you know, we yeah. it, it wasn't. But it, it didn't feel yeah. like a real, real one. You know, now we're fully in the year, sure. more than a week in now. How's the new year going for you? You know, not much has changed. Uh, <laughs> Truly, it's, <laughs> it's been snowing a lot here this past week, which has been exciting. Because we didn't get mm. any snow here in December. It was like 60 degrees all December, essentially. And then all of a sudden, like, it was 60 degrees one day. And then the next, like, literally the next day, it snowed like six inches or mm. something. And was like 20 degrees. So it was kind of crazy. Wow. It's almost like it's winter. Almost like climate change is real. Wow. <laughs> almost like Adam McKay was right. <laughs> man that could be taken both ways no one knows if i liked it or disliked it from that that comment mm. you know and that's the way i like it i like i don't like i like to be ambiguous um this sure. episode will be looking back at 2021 the good and the bad and also looking ahead to 2022 the good and the bad it's our our wrap up our recap and also our look forward, which is an episode I look forward to every year. You know, I think it's fun to talk about what we thought this year was going to be or this past year was going to be. And then when it mm -hmm. actually was, you know, yeah, it's fun. It's a fun episode. Before we get to that, we have a, two things we want to just get to quickly. The first is both of us now have published one blog post on the website, on wow. our website. So go and read those. It only took about five months, but we got there. We got one each, and maybe we'll get one each in this year, you know? Yeah, I think in the next month we'll have another one. I don't know. I I don't know if we should promise anything, but we could say that could be a hope. It's that a prediction. A it's a prediction. Okay, a prediction for ourselves that we have the power to make true. Yeah. Um, no, but they're both good and both pretty different, so I would definitely recommend everyone go check them out and check out the website because i think not many people know we have a website so it's in the links it's very in fun the episode show notes it's a fun website we're just kind of fun, fun little people. website <laughs> i designed it myself there's little cute pictures of us with descriptions little bios oh, yeah you wow. can read a little bio <laughs> oh my goodness uh yeah but th go check those out one on spider-man one on a more existential of like the state of movies you know which are very much our personalities i feel like yes they pretty much. much match you hit the like the the research the i'm gonna make a point here and mine was like the emotional personal sensitive mm. piece 
and so, that's why we we're, we make good co-hosts. That's why you know, we bring we work well together. The emotion yeah. and the information. That's our. <laughs> that should be our new tagline. Hey, both things are important. <laughs> they are. They truly are. And the other thing we want to do quickly is get to the answers to last week's question of the week, which was, "What is your favorite Disney Plus Marvel show from 2021?" So this can be any of the five shows they released, even what if, if that was your thing. Um, and we got six answers, you know, which is good. I think six answers is like a good average right now yeah, for me. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take six. <laughs> I mean, even one answer is good, but six is like yes. six times as good. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's true. Um, one of the answers we actually got on spotify because if you don't know if you listen on spotify we post the question on our spotify episode as well so you can also answer there if that's what you want to do and we did get an answer from bella um our good friend who was on our slumber party massacre episode um and she said that hawkeye is so good Haley steinfeld is chef's kiss she's so awesome i would say that's my favorite so far and she also mentioned the inclusion of ASL is wonderful, which we didn't even mention in the episode, but I would agree yeah. that it is a cool addition for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think I I agree. I mean, it's not, I would say it's not my favorite, but I definitely understand why it is, you know, and I think it's very good. So that is a cool one. And then we've got a couple WandaVision shout outs here. Uh, one from Zach Smith Michaels, who said, this the only one he finished was WandaVision, so I guess that that would be it, you know? That would be his favorite. Um and then Bryce from After Credits Podcast said he hasn't seen Hawkeye yet, but he thinks Loki is probably his favorite. Um mm. and Dan, who we has answered before, has also said Loki and it ain't close. Wow, I wouldn't go that far. I'd say it's it it's close-ish, but Loki is my favorite. And none for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I think yeah, everybody man. is right on track there. Yeah, I agree. I think everyone is pretty locked as that as the bottom. Um, And for the other three, it's just like what you liked more, you know, because they're so uh, different. So yeah, I, I know what if though as well, you know, because that was also... Yeah, but we didn't get that. Uh, So thank you to everyone who answered. And at the end of this episode, we will have another question that feel free to answer everyone. And we will read your answers to them at the opening of the next. But let's jump into the episode here. Let's get right into it, which is talking about our expectations at the beginning of 2021, um, which we both listened to our episode last year where we looked ahead to 2021. And these were the movies we were looking forward to. I think would be fun is if I read your list and then you read my list. Sure. So like they you. So here's your list for what you were looking forward to in 2021. All right. Yeah. Okay. First up is Last Night in Soho, which I did not see. All right. Um. Next is the French Dispatch. I did see it and I did like it. Okay. Judas and the Black Messiah. I did not see. All right, and you also didn't see Bergman Island, so we'll get I the did not no. out of the way. <laughs> um, we have Raya and the Last Dragon and Shang Chi. Yeah, I didn't like either of those. So. Yeah, we both did episodes on them. Um, we we did on both of them. Uh, oh, another Disney movie, Luca. Oh, loved it. I did love yeah. Luca. 
Which makes sense because in the episode, I said I was very, very excited for Luca. I think my exact quote was, I am so excited. And we both were pleased with Luca. Yes. Um, Yes. We will get into, we will talk about Luca more later. But yeah. Yeah. And I also said in the episode that I was very not excited for Black Widow, but I was Mm. excited for Shang-Chi and for Eternals, and then I ended up (laughs) liking Black Widow more than I liked both of those movies, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, I think neither of us, I don't think I would have predicted that. I don't, and I don't think most people agree anyway, at least with Shang-Chi, you know, so we have a not a popular opinion. Um, Now, you also have Supernova here, which you saw pretty early on last year. I did, yeah. It came out in January. It was fine. And then um, we also have the Velvet Underground documentary, which you liked, right? I did. It was very good. Very nice. Very nice. Um, Let's see. You had Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, I liked well. it. I liked it. French Exit. <laughs> I didn't see this. <laughs> I probably never will. It kind of just dropped. I dropped it. <laughs> um, Dune, of course. Uh, yes, of course. Love. Which, when we talked about this one in the episode, we said that we were both going to read the book before it came out. I read it. You I did. It. I did not. But I explicitly said, I'm going to read it before the movie comes out. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did. You also said, though, you weren't very excited for it. So uh, Yeah. I think I just, like, it, the buildup was so long, you know? Yeah. Like, it just w- yeah. took so long for it to come out. But I did say my quote about it was, Timmy is in it. And I think mm. when I finished it and we did the episode, that was also what I said. Was, that was your quote. Wow, Timmy. Love him. That goes on the back of the Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy, exclamation point. <laughs> right I, on the would, front, I would wear a shirt that says like, I don't know, Dune on the front. And it's like some kind of Dune thing. And then the mm. back just says, Timmy is in it. Would you wear a Dune Your Mom shirt? I would, yeah. <laughs> I would wear that shirt. Um, yeah. Um, the Beatles documentary. Yeah, which I've seen two episodes of. I'm it's working long. my way through it. it I haven't long, started it yet. But it's good. It's good. Um, the Northman, which yeah, that's coming out this year now. Yeah, which it's gonna be on my anticipated list because that trailer was awesome. But yeah. Uh, the Green Knight and Candyman. Mm. Those were two yeah. summer movies that got postponed. Both of those were not my favorite. I like The Green Knight a little bit more. Um, probably a, a decent amount more. Um, but both of them kind of didn't live up to what I hoped they would be. But I know a lot of people like both of those, like different groups of people. So that's good. Mm-hmm. No Time to Die, which we were still at the time not sure if it was even going to release this year, but it did. You right. saw it, right? I did see it. It's um, It sure wasn't a time to die. I, I'll give it that. <laughs> no, I think it was pretty. I think it was okay. I really think the third act was pretty bad, but it was it was good. It was fun. Uh, and then you had fun summer movies, Black Widow, Godzilla vs. Kong, Ghostbusters, which didn't come mm. out until October, um, yeah. In the Heights. Top Gun 2, which didn't come out. Ah, you have rip. new Space Jam on here. How do you <laughs> yeah, feel about okay, that one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, not a great moment for me looking back. Um, and I also have Suicide Squad, which out of all of these, I really only liked Black Widow, I will say. Did you see Godzilla um, versus Kong? I did. I did okay. on HBO Max. It okay. wasn't too bad, 
but it wasn't very good. You know, one of those like, and I'll never watch it again. And it was not very memorable. Not, not, not sounding good actually right now for me reviewing it. But yeah, the only one I really enjoyed was Black Widow. So it looks like there were actually not fun summer movies for me, but it's fine. Yeah, but like looking at these these lists, not a lot of our, like what we wanted ended up being our favorites. I mean, apart from like Luca and French Dispatch and maybe Dune. And I think too, it's like, I mean, the Paul Thomas Anderson licorice pizza, that one was like in development, but I think that one was really like unknown when that would come out. So that one might've made it on. Yeah. Um, it's so hard at the beginning of the year. It is hard. And I mean, you know, like the card counter, that could have been one. Like, I know that's one that was out on top of people's list, but it just wasn't one that I personally loved or the Green Knight even, you know, so it all just yeah. depends on. What you feeling? I mean, I didn't hate the card counter, but it just didn't make the top 10, you know? Right. Um, But going through some of our 2021 letterbox stats, which is always a fun time, we both watched less movies this year, I'm pretty sure, than last. I watched which makes considerably sense. less. Like, I watched, like, yeah. over 200 hours less. I mean, like... Well, how many did you watch, then? I watched 300... I logged 333... Um, okay. so that includes short films and feature length right. and the year before it was like almost over 500. Yeah. Um, we were at the over 500 range, both of us. Yeah. I watched a lot more TV this year than I like have before. Like I watched a lot of TV and I was working a lot more too, because obviously with COVID there was a whole chunk mm. of like over five months that I wasn't working at all, I think. And so obviously that, you know, kind of changed my mm. schedule when I was actually like back to work. Right. Yeah. I mean, and same for me, like half of 2020, we were just inside or even more than half probably, you know, and for this year, while there was still like lockdown stuff happening and pandemic stuff happening, it was significantly l less or significantly different, especially in the summer. And so it was a much more normal year, I guess, in terms of how many I got to watch, but which was still like, I'm still happy with how many I got to watch because I think I was more not strategic, but like I wa got to watch everything I wa wanted to, you know, last year sometimes felt like, am I just watching this? Cause I just don't have anything else to do. But this year I was pretty happy with the ones I got in. I got 398 diary entries on Letterboxd, which include short films. And then if I filter it, it's 366. Um, so r one above one of a for every day because 366 is wow. one more than 365, you know? Yeah, I logged 285 feature length and mm -hmm. 32 short films. Yeah, yeah. So again, we definitely less, but I I made it to my over 7.7 7 I got as my average and that was my goal. Just to get a seven average, and I got my it. My so. average was six point four. That's pretty good. I know a lot of people that are a lot low that didn't get that. So you know, I yeah. think it was both a different year for us, obviously for everyone. But I think it was a good year in terms of what I have personally got in. Um, what was the day? What about this? Well, because I know you rewatch stuff a lot more I do. than me. So what was your most watched movie? Wow, what a surprise! My most watched movie was Knives Out. <laughs> I, 
I only watched it three times this year, though. Mm. I tried to okay. di- dial it back a little bit. Um, nice. All right. And then that was it. I I, I didn't obsessively rewatch um mm. stuff as much last year, which probably helped with the numbers being down more. Um, because right. the year prior I obsessively rewatched a few things. Everything else is just twice that I rewatched something. Yeah. Um. I I like like usual. All mine are just twice because I don't rewatch things three times in a year pretty pretty often yeah do you want to just jump into our top 10 then we yeah did go... you want to share your most watched day oh sure because uh, i know we've mine done that this year was wednesday mine for the first time was not tuesday okay it was in fact saturday and tuesday ended up being the lowest oh wow all the days tuesday. so Taking i don't know this year. i don't know what happened but it changed. Tuesday was holding holding the torch for so long, and then it just finally, finally enough, Friday was my lowest day. I think actually, because I usually work early Saturday morning, and so Friday sometimes I'm like, I don't, I don't want to watch something tonight because I don't want to. I have to wake up early tomorrow, so that might be yeah. why. It's interesting looking at these and then thinking like, oh yeah, I did watch a lot that day because the next day had something. So interesting always for me to look at stats. I love. That's one of my favorite parts of Letterbox is just all the random stats. Our top ten then is going. It's gonna be not a, a definitive top ten because we both have movies we haven't seen. Obviously, like some of the bigger ones of the award season, like Drive My Car, which who knows when that's coming. The worst person in the world, um, stuff like that. And then yeah. you have a couple others that you haven't seen as well. Yeah, I've I haven't seen quite a lot of any kind of art house indie film. Um, so I've missed Come On, mm-hmm. Come On, Licorice Pizza, like you said, Drive My Car. There's there's quite a few others that just haven't had any sort of wide release yet. So maybe check my ranking in like a month or two yeah. and see how much it changes once I can see what's happening. Finally watch some of those. But, I mean, it might be cool because we'll have different lists. Yeah. And maybe some people listening will hear some new things that they sure. want to check out, you know? So do you want me to start then? We'll go 10 through 6 and then 5 through 1 like yeah. we did last year. Go ahead. We'll just go down the list. Um, so my number 10 is Pig, which um, I thought was a great movie. It was definitely early on when I watched it. It was definitely like in my top five at that point because... It was an earlier watch, but it was one of the first movies I saw from 2021 that I was like, man, this is a this is a great movie. Yeah. And I still definitely think that I def I want to rewatch it. It was a lot different than I was expecting. I expected it to be almost like a first cow kind of thing, which I liked first cow, but it kind of those kind of movies I get bored sometimes. Sorry. Um, and but this one was a lot more like exciting than I think I went in expecting, you know. So that was a very welcome, I think it was sometimes even like the excitement of that, like, oh man, they're actually, stuff is happening in this movie. So I think that it was a very good movie, great Nicolas Cage performance, and something that we don't get a lot of this kind of movie. So definitely recommend it. I think it's on Hulu. So that's great. Number nine is like the weirdest one in my top 10 is Woodstock 99, Peace, Love, and Rage. This is a documentary that came out on HBO Max over the summer, I believe. Um, And this is definitely not a documentary I normally love. 
because it's pretty traditional. Like it def it uses a lot of archival footage, which I always appreciate. But it does have a lot of talking head interviews, which isn't mm. always my thing. Sometimes I prefer things that are a little more narrative driven, you know. But I really think like the way they use the interviews in this worked well in tandem with the footage and help provide the context it needed and stuff it just like the way that it the documentary was positioned which was looking back on this festival and then what it means for like how we can relate it to what we're in like the current situation we're in now you know uh which is always some of my favorite kind of documentaries in that way is looking at the small event and seeing how does this reflect our current world so very good documentary again would obviously highly recommend it it's and it's very engaging which is something i really need in documentaries is them to keep it engaging number eight for me is spencer which i um i don't know when i found out about this movie it definitely was in 2021 because i feel like it was all of a sudden just a big deal during festivals i think and I was very excited when I found out it was coming to theaters near me because I was looking forward to it. And it definitely delivered. I'm not a huge royal family person. Like, mm. I never really like many, even like stuff like Downton Abbey. Like, I just don't like that kind of style. Sure. Um, and so I thought that that's what this was going to be. And so I was a little nervous going in, but it's a lot different than that. And I think a lot of people have, were kind of mad about that. Like, mm -hmm. oh, it's not like the crown, but like it's you already have the crown. Why do you want the crown again? So I really liked the direction that they took this in, making it more of a character study than a historical document. Mm -hmm. um, and it has one of my favorite scenes of the year and also probably my favorite needle drop of the year. Yeah, this is definitely a good movie. I hope it gets some awards recognition, which I think it looks like it will. So. Yeah, I mean, she's leading right now, so. Yeah, I think I think she has a good chance of winning, which I know, again, some people are not happy with, and I'm like, why? I don't understand. It was people great. Just, I, they don't like her. I don't know why. I think she's amazing. I think she's awesome. Yeah. We stand. She is fair. Yeah, I, I'll be rooting for her in the awards this year. Um, Actually, maybe take that back, because I might be rooting for my, the elite actress of my number seven, which is Licorice Pizza, uh, which I actually think I like Alana Heim's performance more, but obviously Christian Swartz is great too. So it's like, you can take whatever one you want. Um, this was maybe going into it, my most anticipated movie of the year, because it's pretty much like my favorite kind of movie is like these either kind of hangout movies or movies that take place in the 60s, 70s in the summer over with a great soundtrack and it's basically boogie nights you know it's it's the same thing and it was great i love this movie there's a lot to unpack with it more than i think you would w think about on first watch um or maybe initially after you finish it after you finish it it's like oh that was a good movie like a nice compact story but there's a yeah. lot more layers which i think is why it's probably going to be the one that the academy decides to recognize because they usually recognize the more like of big directors they usually take the movie that's the more tamed down version but also has a lot of stuff underneath so they're never going to recognize like the master in this way but this one is like it's on the surface more tame you know but there's a lot going on underneath when you dig in that i think makes it 
even better. So this is very good, and I'm not talking about any of the discourse because no, nothing. Um, and then number six is one I was expecting to like, but not this much. This is West Side Story, which is just one of the movie events of the year, really. It was, it was just so good. That not There's not really much I can say. It's just like a perfect movie musical. I think that it was a shame that this didn't make a lot of money at the box office. It's very sad. Really, and I think the Rollies obviously heard it too, which is Disney's fault because they own both of these movies and they really messed up by releasing this Nightmare Alley and Spider-Man No Way Home like at the same time. Yeah. Bad move. Real, a little annoying there, but it's a great movie and I think... I ho- I'm excited for more people to see it when it gets to streaming. Sure. Okay. Is it me now? It's you. My All 10, you. 10 through six. Um, yes. So I, my number 10, which I finished an hour ago is Spencer. Um, I needed a number 10 and I had like a couple um, that I thought could hit my number 10. And I was like, all right, I got to just pick one of these three and make the gamble and hope that it's going to break the top 10. uh, Well, because you've seen more than 10, but it's like you wanted a better one for your 10. Yeah, I wanted all my 10 to at least be four stars or above. And so this was my sealed deal for me. Um, Yeah, it was really good. I feel like there's not much I can say that really adds to the conversation um, that hasn't already been said, Uh, but Mm -hmm. I liked it, and I like Diana, and she's a fashion icon, and Kristen Stewart is awesome and works well as Diana. That's what I have to say. Yeah, she does. Um, Number nine is Tick, Tick, Boom, which Mm. I enjoyed, Um, and I love Andrew Garfield obviously. And the music is good. Most of the music is good. This is actually one of the only ones that I ended up uh, like having a rewatch of um, mm. because everything else was either like a theater release or I just didn't want to like, wasn't like rewatchable, you know? It's not the kind yeah. of, this is the kind of movie that like you can rewatch more because I feel like it is a musical. It's easier to like rewatch and just like listen to the music and engage with it. Um... My number eight is called Mixtape. Um, <laughs> the Netflix original? <laughs> it's a Netflix original kids movie. I would say it kind of is like, I don't know, a mix of like a Disney Channel original movie, but like maybe a little bit more elevated. Maybe like that combined mm. with like School of Rock is what this movie okay. is. Interesting. Um, the main girl... Uh, her parents died when she was young and they were like had her when they were really young and they were like rock people. They were into rock music and stuff and writing music and singing. And she finds a mixtape of theirs, mm. but it's a cassette tape. And so when she tries to play it, it like breaks and all the tape comes out. And then so she goes into a record store and meets the dude who owns it and is like, I need help finding these songs. And so she kind of meets a couple friends along the way, one of them who's like really into rock music and she gets like introduced to rock and kind of becomes, you know, cool, quote unquote. Um, but it, it, it was cute. It's this journey of her just trying to like 
become closer to her parents through discovering the music that they liked, right. um, which I thought was very sweet. I cried. Mm. I, I love Guardians was... of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's basically that, but for kids, yeah. like little kids. Um, no, it's good. If you're like into that kind of kids movie, I would recommend watching it because it it was good. Um Number seven is Becoming Cousteau, which is a documentary that was on Disney Plus, uh, produced by National Geographic, which was really good. And, like, if you've seen Life Aquatic, it, like, is fun because Life Aquatic pulls from his life, too. Right. Um, Yeah. And he was a filmmaker, and so they have, like, this insane amount of, like, archival footage that they used in it. That was, like, gorgeous footage. Like, I just couldn't believe how good all the footage looked that they used. Um, And he was just a really interesting person to learn about. It was really interesting hearing him. Because he um, obviously was not, like, he was an ocean conservationist and stuff in not this time, not this decade, Mm -hmm. um, in previous decades. But it was interesting to hear him talk about climate change and the oceans and stuff and at that time being like if we don't change stuff now we will never be able to turn back and i'm looking at it like oh god it's been like (laughs) over 30 years since then oh no (laughs) um but yeah i had heard i had known who he was um but i had no idea the like actual impact that he had in conservational Mm -hmm. ocean research and stuff um, and so that was really cool to kind of learn about him and it just is like beautiful. Uh, and then my yeah. number six is Dune, uh, our, our good old dunk. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's got Timmy in it. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't need to say anything else about that. We talked about it in an episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did uh, in our October movies one. Um, going into my five through one, that's a great transition transition because my number five is Dune. So wow, there we go. Well, you know. uh, yeah, this is a great movie. I think one of the ones that will like be attached to 2021 for me because it was yeah. like a very big movie moment for 2021. So love it. Number four is The Last Duel which is another one that just didn't get a lot of love at the theater and no one has had like saw. And I think it's just finally coming to streaming. And so I'm, I'm interested to see what people think about it when more people get to watch it. Cause it got mixed reviews. I think people that saw it generally liked it, but then I've actually been seeing more people recently on Twitter who are now watching it for the first time and are like, wow, why didn't no one talk about this when it came out? Because this is so good. And I agree. It's a great movie. One of the most riveting movies for me of the mm. year, especially that last, the final battle climax. The last duel. The, especially the last duel was, <laughs> was a great duel. One of the be- top top 10 duels from the last duel. <laughs> um, my number three is Luca, which we have an episode on and we've talked about pretty at length, I feel like, on the pod. This is probably my favorite Pixar film in a long, long time. Um, I'm sure I could look at my ranked and figure out exactly when the last one was, but I think it is a great one because it especially brings it back to what I think was great about Pixar, which are simpler stories that 
can be existential or have deeper themes yeah. on below, but also on the surface are just like also a fun movie, you know? Yeah. Rather than you have to understand the deep themes to get it at all, which I think is where they were headed or yeah, maybe or, still are headed. Or you know? crafting scenes specifically to be deep and like tearjerker scenes. Right. Which, you know, there's, uh, there's some scenes in here that are obviously trying to get some cries, but it's more like baked in the emotion of the story rather than like yeah it doesn't feel as heavy that you're, you're not a kid anymore and you're sad right you're yeah. sad that you're about you're gonna die like okay settle down <laughs> thank you um yeah so that's my number three my number two is inside which i don't i don't know like what the consensus is on like is this a movie or is this not a movie i don't really care um this is another movie that i think look if i look back on 2021 it's gonna be one of the landmarks especially like around the summer yeah this is just a very a great film i know it's been memed at this point and is like to the point of like it's a joke if you like it but you know that means it's good if it's no gotten shame. to that point if, in my opinion you know great music great movie yeah, um, we're here and for I it. really do think I honestly think that like everyone was saying like like he's a rich person making a movie about the pandemic. And I don't actually think this movie is about the pandemic like it is. But it's I don't think it really is if that and if you watch it, try to think a little deep deeper than like the surface a little bit because it's not really about the pandemic. It's yeah, more right. about isolation in general and the Internet, which is a lot bigger of a topic that has been going on before the pandemic. So. Yeah, it's very good. Um, and then my number one, uh, at least for now, because we, again, we haven't seen everything, but this is Titan, which is a crazy movie. And it's, I think, even better now that, like, the Oscars is completely ignoring it. Just, like, it makes it so much even funnier just because they want nothing to do with this movie. And it's definitely not one for everyone. I know a lot of people that dislike it quite a bit, which is fine, you know. But I think it's a kind of movie that we rarely, I mean, this ex specific kind of movie, we've really never had a story like this, that, that's about this. Um, but even just in general, like the style, it's a movie we rarely get maybe every few years, you know. And I think that that's a special thing that I'm glad I got to, to see in the theater, especially because this was like a great theater experience, even though there wasn't a ton of people. But there was like... An, Enough people, even if there's one person in the theater, there's stuff in this movie that you're going to be like, dang, I really wonder what this other person is thinking of me that I'm also in the theater with them, um, which is something that you only get if you watch movies in the theater. Yeah, that is my top 10 for the year so far. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Wow. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, My number five is The French Dispatch, um, mm. which... I thought was fun. I laughed at it a lot, um, which I feel like I haven't had a theater experience where I've been able to just like loosely laugh at something in a while. <laughs> um, yeah. So I enjoyed that experience of like watching it with other people and laughing at stuff that was happening. Uh, my number four is Beans, uh, which I think technically like did a festival run in like 2020 and then kind mm. of had its U.S like wider release in 2021 yeah. i guess with the pandemic and stuff it's like who even knows at this who point what's a 21 21 movie i don't know yeah but this is about uh it's a coming of age film about a girl um an indigenous girl who is living during um these like 
it's like an uprising, I guess, uh, mm. during in Canada and Quebec. Um, that was like a really long. It lasted, I think, like seventy days or something in the nineties. Um, and it's basically her perspective, like her dad is protesting and all this stuff is happening and it's sort of her, you're seeing it through her eyes and how she is like having to grow up really fast by basically experiencing all these things. Um, and the main young actress is like really, really good. She's going to be playing in the new Avatar series wow. um so that is very exciting um so i can be like oh i knew her in beans I knew her first before she was famous <laughs> uh no but it's it's really really good um and i would definitely recommend like renting it this is one that i think everyone should put on their list yeah. if they haven't had a chance to see it uh because it is that good uh my number three as is the same as yours uh which wow. is luca which had been my number one until the last, like, two weeks of December, yeah. which is pretty crazy. It really got dethroned pretty fast. Um, but I I loved Luca. I watched it more than once, uh, twice this year, and the soundtrack uh, was my most streamed thing on Spotify. Mm. Yeah, of anything, year. not even the <laughs> of soundtrack. Anything, like... Of anything, of um, anything. He was my top artist because I streamed the score so much this year mm. um single-handedly so. giving him a whole dollar <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> i love luca um my number two is spider-man no way home i have no wow. shame and no regret in wow. this maybe five years down the road contributing I'll be like, to the death of what cinema. was i thinking i don't know but i loved <laughs> it and i don't care what anyone says <laughs> it's my number two and don't worry i have a more film film yeah what's funny is like your one. number one is so is like a very pretentious like no one has seen this and then number so two is niche. like the biggest movie ever made <laughs> hey i gotta please the three all. is just a three is just luca, luca a really diverse top three um super uh so <laughs> my number one is um operation hyacinth which is kind of funny because I, like, had been looking for 2021 movies to kind of watch and making a list on Letterboxd, and this is one that Robert Daniels had watched and given four stars, and I was like, well, if he gave it four stars, that means it's gotta be, like, fairly decent, um, yeah. at least, and it was a higher rated of the year, and it was on Netflix, so I was like, well, I guess I'm just gonna throw this one on. Uh, and that was exactly what happened with Verona, too, um, as well, the previous year. Which was year. your number one last year, yeah. Um, so this movie, uh, it's set in the 80s in Poland, and basically it focuses on this guy who is, like, an officer um, or, like, detective kind of person, and there is, like, uh, at that time it was, like, basically illegal to be gay and so it these this gay man was like murdered and the police were kind of just like trying to cover it up and then mm. the whole movie is he's like well like shouldn't we actually be trying to find them like they kind of just pinned it on someone else um and were covering it up and he w wanted to find the truth 
And so it's kind of about him uncovering the truth, but also like figuring out his own identity. And and it's just like very interesting. The cinematography is really, really good. It's all like really dark, noir type vibes. And he's the only cop that is allowed to be a cop, I say. Because <laughs> he leaves the force, not to spoil it, but he's oh, someone man. who actually like was fighting against. Love to see um, it. It's really good. Um, I definitely would recommend uh, people who are into like foreign films or into mm. like this kind of crime drama sort of to put this on their lists to watch because um, it definitely is underrated and I think more people should be talking about it and like more people should have watched it and maybe like Netflix should have done a better job at like putting it on the main page and stuff. Yeah, uh, I didn't even hear about it till you. Really good it. and it's based on like true elements, like the stuff that is happening, um like the historical setting and everything. Yeah. And they tried to like I was reading about it and they tried to make it very true to the time, like everywhere they were shooting, they were trying to shoot like places that looked very um, 80s, you know, communist Poland and, and make it a certain way, um, which, yeah, it's a very, very good movie. It was one of two five stars for me this year of... That and Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> that and Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> um, yeah, I had no five stars, so yeah, you know, it could change. It could. Change. It could. You never know. Um, but now we'll move into what we call a few movies from 2021 that were pretty good, but not the best slash missed the top 10 cut, uh, which this year was actually a lot harder because I think that unlike last year, which I think was pretty like there was a lot of movies that I just enjoyed last year. Yeah. Um, I think in the episode I said my top 40, which I cannot uh, yeah. say for this year. I wrote that down when I listened to it because I was like, there is no way I would recommend my top 40 movies. Um, yeah. There's, it's just, it really drops off hard for me after like 20-ish, 25, you know? Yeah, like my number 40 is Peter Rabbit 2. Mm. And I just don't know that I would recommend that to people. <laughs> funnily enough my number 40 is bergman island but i actually didn't like that so it's like it sounds like my number top 40 is good but i just put that lower than a lot of people put it um like it's below like the first fear street movie all right so and jungle cruise um so yeah this is a was a lot harder and for that reason i took some more that were just like missed the top 10 cut you know i took one from like the 20s i think but last year I was taking ones from like the 30s and 40s. But this year it was a little harder to find ones. Um, but I think we both have a very diverse list. Um, at least you do from me. <laughs> so we've got some good, hopefully in this in these eight, some good wrecks. Um, we'll go faster through these because we want to make sure we can get through the episode without getting this to five hours. Um, yeah. But my first one I'll talk about is Coda, which just missed the top 10 it's number 11 and so that's why i want to talk about it because i want to make sure we got it in there which is kind of getting overlooked at this point i think kind of because it's also on apple tv plus which is just at this point where movies go to die like does anyone know that it exists besides for ted lasso not sure but 
I think that this movie is starting to get a little, actually a little bit more Oscar buzz now. It was going down, but maybe a little bit more. So hopefully it gets maybe one nomination so people decide to check it out. Because I really think, like, it is a very basic Sundance movie, but I think it's um, it does it very well. So that's what more could you want. Um, are, do we go back and forth on these, or do we just go I don't know. We can just go through them or go back and forth. Let's go back and forth. Let's see okay. from Coda to your number, your first one. Uh, which is Arlo the Alligator Boy. Another Sundance classic. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Netflix animated movie about um, an alligator boy named Arlo, <laughs> who's half, he's half human, half alligator, and he wants to find his father. So he leaves the swamp, and it's a musical, and then he picks up this bandwagon of friends along the way to find his father it's very heartwarming it's cute um i watched it and i was like oh wow um so if you're into that kind of thing it sounds good. a lot like another animated movie with a character named arlo uh which is the good dinosaur but you know um <laughs> who's to say that they maybe they never watched it um my number my next one i'm going to talk about is cruella which wow. I will go. I'm just gonna go to bat for this movie, I guess, over and over because it's in my like the tw- in, in the 20s, and I think that it is partially. I think I had a really good theater experience with this one, um, which always helps. But I think this is just a really fun movie, and like I said, I think on my Instagram story when I was talking about different movies, like the first Disney live action pseudo remake they've done that actually has had like an artistic style and vision behind yeah. it. And so I can respect that. And I think, again, it's a very fun movie. It like, is fun. I had a lot of fun watching that this That was one. my first movie back in the theater after um, everything was shut down for a mm. long time. My second one is, um, I mean, hey, I couldn't miss an opportunity <laughs> to talk about <laughs> a Hallmark movie. Um, mm. And since I don't include Hallmark like TV movies in my rankings my official yeah. rankings if you did you'd have like 120 ranked <laughs> yeah because i watched like 120 um feature length films but i only ranked like almost 70 and i was like what are all right. the other movies and i was like oh probably all mark movies <laughs> um i just i wanted to talk about the one that i personally thought was the best of last year out of the ones that i watched mm. that were released um and that was an unexpected christmas uh, which uses the classic, they were dating, and then they go to the airport, they're both in the same airport, and they kind of, they had broken up, and they, like, bumped into each other, and he didn't tell his family that they had broken up, and so his sister's oh, coming to man. pick him up, and he's, she's like, oh, you brought her with you, and they're like, no, 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 but, like, they couldn't, then the dad showed up, and he was like, oh, let me get the bags, and so it just kind of spiraled into a whole thing. Um, it was mm. funny. Truly unexpected. Yeah, truly an unexpected Christmas. <laughs> um, no, I liked it a lot. Um, so that was, I gave it a four, I gave four stars um, mm. the, on the Hallmark scale, you know, like uh, right. this four star is not the same. We got to as... do an episode on the Hallmark scale, I think, just breaking your it down. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but this, this was a four star Hallmark movie for me. So I had to mention it mm. because. Yeah, it sounds fun. Yeah, sounds it was like a good. fun premise. Um, my next movie, it's called Mass, about the father and mother 
uh, two family, father and mother, one uh, who are the parents of a school shooter and the other ones who are one that uh, parents of someone that the school shooter killed. Um, that's a very hard way of explaining it, but it's about basically them four in a room just talking for about, I mean, it's an hour 40 and I would say they talk for probably like an hour 20 of the movie. Uh, so it's kind of a play pretty much. It's one of those kind of movies where it's like, it's, it could be a play, but I think it actually uses the space of the room in a really smart way. Kind of like in a lot more extreme of a way because it's really one room is like the breakfast club where i think they use the space in that movie Mm. very well even though it mostly takes place in one room and yeah it's a great movie there is some pacing problems i have which if they actually weren't in there it probably would have made my top 10 but i really love the dialogue and the performances like it's really hard to pick a standout from these four because for our secondhand film awards, I was trying to think who of these could I nominate, but I really don't know. Like maybe I will just put it in best ensemble if we nominate it because all four of them are like really good. Mm. Um, And you don't really get that a lot. Usually there's like a standout, but this is like a great movie and I would highly recommend anyone check it out. I think it's available to rent for pretty cheap, like the regular rental price, not the $20. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Cool. Um, my next one is Words Bubble Up Like Soda Pop, um, which is an anime uh, that was a Netflix release. <laughs> wow. Anime. <laughs> Man, a lot of Netflix releases for you this year. I hey, say. you know, that's where it is for me. Is that's where like, the content is. I wasn't going to the theater a whole lot, um, so I kind of just had to watch what was there. Um, yeah, this one was cute it's a little like relationship story between these two um like teenagers and one writes haiku and he's very shy and he doesn't really like talking and the girl like finds his journal or something and she i think maybe is like it's it was, it's been a while since i watched this i think she was like an influencer some kind of influencer I don't know. It was, like, a whole thing. Um, But they had, like, their little social media, and he was like, I can't believe she followed me. Um, And she helped him to be able to, like, read one of his haikus at a poetry contest. Um, So it was cute. If you're into that style of of anime, um, I thought it was fun. All right. My last pick here is Nightmare Alley, which I enjoyed a lot more than I thought I would. I definitely think the first half is better than the second half. Uh, the second half takes real a real nosedive for me. It picks up again towards the end, like the ending is good, but the first half is just fantastic. And once they leave the main hub that the first half takes place in, it's 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 doesn't have the same vibes. But it was still it's still a great a great movie. I think like very fun. We don't get a lot of we get a lot of movie stars. Uh, not original story, but it's like based on a novel that's like not a popular novel. And so I would highly recommend people check this out when it comes to streaming because there's a lot of cool set design pieces, production design. I think the um, the performances are pretty good all around. I think a lot of people have been saying that Bradley Cooper's performance is like not good, but I think it was pretty good. I My opinion is that I think that he did a good job, but I still think that he was miscast. I think that someone else could have played that role better. I don't know who. You know who was miscast? 
Who? Was Kate Blanchett. Like, what movie yes. was she in? She I don't was know. in like a different movie. She was like, did she get the notes? Yeah, but I don't I don't think Bradley Cooper did a bad job. I don't I mm. I don't agree that he did a bad job because I have seen that a lot. But I do think that someone else could have done a better job. That's my my yeah, take on it. I think it, that's the biggest thing with the movie is like it could have been a lot better in a lot of different places you know yeah and i was really excited for that one um yeah and i, I wasn't like disappointed by any means because i did think it was a good movie that i enjoyed hmm. um but i definitely think there were things about it that i was like man this could have yeah, been it was close amazing and it was so close. It was like one of those on and the And that edge. first half was amazing. Like yes, the first yeah. half, I was like, why yeah. is everyone giving this like three stars? And then for no re, I mean, obviously it's based on a book, so they have to. But like seemingly for no reason, it just like turns into a completely different story and takes away all the characters that were yeah. like the best characters. Uh-huh. So not great there, but it's still a fun time. Still a fun movie. Yeah. Um. Great. So I have Ghostbusters Afterlife here. <laughs> <laughs> which was not a great movie <laughs> but no. i felt like um my when we talked about this in the episode the previous episode the one thing i said is i hope that's gonna be a fun movie and that was my only expectation for it and it fulfilled mm. my expectation so i feel like i can't it, it's not great it's not maybe even good uh but <laughs> It was fun, and I felt like since we have a podcast, we had mm. to recognize on our podcast, the podcast king himself podcast, because podcast. <laughs> he sold that movie by the hundreds. Yeah. Like him and McKenna Grace both. Um, oh I my think- gosh, if they weren't in it. It'd be awful. Yeah. It'd be oh, a terrible yeah. Movie. Oh, totally. Everything else that didn't have them in it was not good. But their scenes, iconic. Um, but I just felt like mm-hmm. we needed to recognize our guy. He's like, he can we be did. our like podcast mascot. He can. And this was the this is currently the only movie we have seen together in theaters. So ever, yeah. It is. Um, <laughs> it is a. You know, at, at this time, it's got. It's the only one. So we have to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I think it was fun. Like, it definitely wasn't my favorite, but uh, it was, like, right in the middle. It was a middle. Yeah, movie. it was a mid. Mid movie for me. A mid. M- mid movie. Um, Before we move into the next year, 2022, the last thing we'll do is go over some movies that we watched last year that didn't release last year. So just, like, any movie that we watched for the first time that we really liked that was just like another year release. It doesn't have to be mm. 2021 uh, because, you know, that's mostly what we watch. And even though I watch a lot of like the current year movies, I try to keep up with the, yeah. the majority of movies you watch are not from that year. So there's obviously a lot of stuff that we just don't get to talk on the podcast. And this is what that's for. Um, just a little bit about each. So my first one, um, let's just go through all six of these. So just for the sake of time. Yeah, because uh, I don't sure. have like a ton to say about all of them. But the first one I have here is The Apartment, which I watched, loved, bought the Blu-ray, watched again, and still loved. So wow. that's um, the story of that movie for me this year. I watched it's a good it twice movie. this year again. It is very good. Um, next movie is Girlfriends, which I watched on the Criterion channel, and then I bought it during the Criterion sale. 
I haven't watched the Blu-ray yet, but I'm excited for it. This is a great movie. I think it could be a nice double feature with uh, Francis Ha, you know? I think it would actually mm. work really well. So if anyone wants to give me a double feature programming rights, I have that in my notes app. I wrote it down and I have like a list of like wow. ideas I have for double, triple features. So I've got ideas. Next one is Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Another one, I don't know where I watched it, but then I got the Criterion. The same time as Girlfriends, actually. That same sale. Um, this is another movie that's like right up my alley. It's like the exactly the kind of movie that I like. And it's def... It, it just... I knew I was going to like it when I watched it. So it wasn't like a big surprise. But I think this is a very good movie. And Steven Soderbergh is amazing. Mm. Um... My number four is Henry Gamble's Birthday Party, which you also have another movie by this director on your list. But this is one we kind of discovered together, Stephen Cohn. Yeah. Because um, he had his three movies or his three main movies on the Criterion channel. Yeah. Um, and this is the first one I watched. And this is the one that hit the hardest for me. Uh, I think this is a very good like indie movie. Um, I I really like all in one day movies or like ensemble movies that take place in a single location because I think a lot of fun stuff and interesting stuff can happen there, and this is one of those where it's just at a it's just this birthday party and this kid and then his friends and then the parents and a lot of stuff happens at the party and it's like uh, I don't know I just really appreciate when a script can do that and it's very very good movie I can't, I actually want to watch it again because I haven't seen it in a little bit. Um, my next pick is Better Days, which I watched because it was nominated for Best International Feature at the Oscars last year. Uh, and I just, I wanted to watch through all of them. And this was my favorite one, actually. This is, I bought the Blu-ray for this right after I finished it. I think I watched it on like Hoopla. I don't know. It was just like randomly on there. Hoopla has the goods. It, they have some random, that's where I watched Morona the first time. Like they're the the quality may not be good. Like they always no. have like four eighty p crap. But yeah, it's not ever HD. But they have stuff sometimes that nowhere else has. And if they're the only place, I'd rather watch it than not watch it. You know. Yeah. Um, I think I watch Network there too. So they have some good stuff. So this movie though, very good. I think what's funny is it's technically a very cheesy like romance, but to me it felt very serious. And like, I don't think I realized that it was supposed to be cheesy until I looked it up afterwards, but I think it was really good. Uh, I think it has a lot of good commentary too on like the school system, especially like the testing in schools in China and like basically even just like how testing sucks, you know, in general for all, like even in America yeah. it sucks. Um, and, but it's also just like a great romance with like, I don't know, like a Romeo and Juliet vibe. It's very good. It was a great movie. I liked it. Um, and then I also have here Memories of Murder, which everyone knows that's a great movie. I just watched it for the first time this year and they were right. It's a good movie. Um, <laughs> that's all I got to say. It's good. Cool. Um, so my number one uh, that I have here um, in no specific order, just what I have here as my number yeah, one. Yeah, same. Um, like you said, is a Stephen Cohn movie, uh, but I have The Wise Kids down. I did love Henry Gamble's Birthday Party as mm -hmm. well, um, but I think The Wise Kids was the one that hit more with me personally. Just the way he writes is so good like it's so yeah, it's relaxed so and um feels like you're actually immersed in what's happening 
Um, like, it just feels like you're actually watching what's happening. Like, you're sitting there as a third person. But it's very, like, if you come from a religious background, I, I think, like, th his movies are hard because... A lot of the reviews that you read that are people that don't come from a religious background, it's kind of like, I don't get this. This is kind of silly. Yeah. It seems overblown, but it's not. Like, it's a not lot overblown. of the reviews are like, this is like so dramatic. And I'm like, no, this is it. Like, this is <laughs> yeah. my literal childhood put in a movie, um, which really hit for me on this one specifically. Um, I, I've been meaning to rewatch it, uh, but it just is, it's a lot yeah. emotionally. Um, but it is a lot. It, it's very good. Um, no, uh, the next one I have is It Happened One Night, which is an old Frank Capra film uh, from the 30s, won Best Picture, um, Clark Gable. Uh, it, it was fun. I watched it for the other podcast that I work on, Thank the Academy, and I enjoyed it and thought it was fun. Um, and then I have The Escape Artist, which is a movie that apparently, like, no one else in the world has seen. Um, only 417 people have logged it on Letterboxd. Wow. It was made in 1982. I watched it because it was, like, on HBO Max over the summer, and it was in the, like, leaving, like, last chance section, and I was looking for something to watch that was, like, 90 minutes, and happened to click on it and enjoyed it. Um, it's basically about a kid who's, um, I believe, like, his dad was an escape artist and died. And so he wants to, like, follow in his footsteps doing kind of these magician techniques and stuff. And then mm -hmm. he kind of falls into some trouble with a guy in town who's, like, the mayor's son and bluffs his way into a police station and out of it and escapes and it's a whole thing with like a chase scene it it was a very nice surprise um i thought it was really fun there were some really cool like cinematography shots in it that surprised me for the caliber of this movie um, it's one that i would recommend to people i don't know where you would watch this <laughs> i i looked it up you can rent it pretty a lot of places i actually just looked it up on letterbox okay. so it is available yeah this is this is one that um probably not everyone would like but it's definitely a very like chill throw on and sort of just enjoy type of movie it's on nice. my list of things that i want to get on vhs uh because i feel like it would suit that medium very well um my next one is the long day closes which is a Terrence Davies film. I watched this on Criterion. I've been meaning to watch some of his other films. Uh, but it's basically a coming-of-age story of a boy who is sad and trying to figure out who he is. And his, um, like, happiness and peace is going to the cinema. And so it's kind of like... He's dealing with different things in his life at home, at school, um, but the cinema is, like, where he likes to be. Um, mm. So it's definitely a nice little um, movie. I mean, not nice, but, like, because it is emotionally heavy, um, but it's a good yeah. movie. Um, and then 
My number five and six, I finally watched the last couple movies in Miyazaki's filmography that I hadn't watched. Um, so I watched Porco Rosso and Lupin the Third. I also watched Nausicaa and hmm. I think there was maybe one more, um, which I didn't like as much. Uh, but I really liked Porco Rosso. Uh, it's right up there in my top couple of his. And I also really enjoyed Lupin the Third. Um, so... I, which was his first film. Um, so it was wow. it was nice to be able to watch those. Yeah, round out the filmography there. Very nice. Shout out to HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, right. That It's really like you forget like the, they weren't available if anywhere. If their interface wasn't so ago. bad, they would be the best. They have the best overall selection. I'll they have the best that. library. Usually my favorite right now. Um, I mean, Criterion Channel is great too, but I feel like, if I had to pick one forever, like HBO Max has a great mix, you know. It's very diverse. They do have some older stuff, yeah. But again, the interface is bad, and also like the categories and the discovery is awful there too. Yeah. So they just got to get that worked out. Um, but let's move quickly into an ad break, and then when we come back, we will talk about what we're looking forward to in 2022. <laughs> are into 2022 and talking about the movies we're excited for in this year which is different than last year because their last year was like 2020 part two and this year is pretty much all newer movies um or like ones we already knew were going to come out this time um so let's get into it we this year we decided to do no crossover so there will be ones on like your list that I'm excited for and my list that you're excited for, but we wanted to give a more diverse list. Cause you know, there's tons of movies coming out. We don't need to be taking the same ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is on your list here that you're excited for? Um, okay. I've got quite a few things. The movie that I'm most excited for, which comes at no surprise is knives out Two. Um, mm. we don't know when it's coming. We don't know what it's going to be titled. I am expecting in the next month we'll get first look photos. Um, yeah. And like one of those teasers, you know, that's not a real teaser, but it's just like the title comes up on the screen. Um, but we'll get excited for it anyway. You know, I, I'll be it stoked. I'll tweet about it in all caps. I can't wait. Um, I'm also really excited for Spider-Verse 2, uh, the Batman, obviously. Mm-hmm. The unbearable weight of massive talent, uh, which is the Nicolas yeah. Cage movie. Which that one's gonna be interesting. Is gonna sure. be so. I I don't know. It's it looks very chaotic, but I'm excited for it either way because yeah. it seems like it'll be a fun time regardless. Mm. Um, we're supposedly getting Legally Blonde three this year, um, which is the reunion movie. Whatever it's gonna be, I don't know, but I'm excited for that whenever it happens. Mm. Uh, nope which is ah. the new Jordan Peele movie. Um, don't know anything about it, except that I love everyone who's in it, so I, it'll probably be good. It's an exciting movie. I can't wait for that one. Um, And then Bros, uh, which I am ready to make that movie my whole personality. It's the new Billy Eichner 
uh, movie. It is the first gay romantic comedy from a major studio. And it's also the first, like, movie to have an all-LGBTQ cast. So all of the main, like, heterosexual roles that are in it, too, even though it is, like, a gay rom-com, are played by openly LGBTQ people, um, which I think is really, really awesome. Uh, so I'm very excited about that movie. Uh, and then I'm excited about Don't Worry Darling, of course, mm-hmm. which will be one of the biggest of movies of next year. Um, oh, man. We don't need to talk about it, but no, it's on the list. too much I'm to talk about. I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited for Wendell and Wilde, which is the new Henry Selleck stop motion. Um, oh. And Jordan Peele is co-writing it as well with Selleck. And I think there was another co-writer, but he's a producer on it. Uh, which I think is very exciting. Um, we haven't had a movie from Henry Selleck since Coraline, I don't think. So I'm mm. I'm very excited about that one. Uh, and then My Father's Dragon, which is based on a children's uh, novel, an old children's novel that I absolutely love. And I've thought for a while that it should be made into like a cool movie. And it is. It's being made into an animated feature by the studio that did Wolf Walkers. So I know it's not going to be some stupid, you know, like all those Netflix originals that are like really kind of crummy animation uh, that just feels cheaper. Over the Moon. Yeah, I was going to say Wish Dragon, uh, but Mm. Over the Moon I feel like is a little bit better than than some of those other ones. Over the Moon is pretty trash. Um, Not going to lie. Sorry for any Over the Moon stands (laughs) listening. I didn't like Over the Moon that much, (laughs) but... um, yeah, so I'm re- like, cause I I didn't dislike Wolf Walkers, but I I loved the animation in it. Like yeah. I just think it's really creative, and this movie suits that style perfectly. Um, like very artistic. So I'm excited for that. Like so excited, and then Hocus Pocus two is gonna be amazing. Um, I'm gonna make us do an episode on that probably in October okay. when it All comes right. out. Uh, and then at the end of the year, if it comes this year, this is up in the air. It's supposed to hit at the end of the year, like December, um, and that's Disney's Strange World, uh, which is an animated feature that they're going to be making, mm. um, which they've said kind of is a combination of like Tomorrowland and Atlantis. Uh, so oh, I think there's good things to come from that one. And that is yeah. my list. Wow, lots of fun stuff. Um, I'm excited for a lot of those too. Those are that's a good list there. Mine here. Uh, my first one. I don't really know how you pronounce this. I think it's like Kimi or Kimmy. Uh, this is just the next Steven Soderbergh movie coming on HBO Max, which I'll always watch. Uh, I'll always watch them, even if you know it's always a toss up how they're going to be. Last year's No Sudden Move, not my favorite, but Let Them All Talk, great movie. So mm. we'll see how I feel about this one. The next one is Blonde, which I think like we thought this was going to come out last year. And then yeah. there was all that controversy with the rating stuff. And I really don't know what's going on with it, but I am assuming it's coming out this year at this point. And this is just going to be a very interesting movie. Yeah, that's the Marilyn Monroe one. Yeah, like on paper, it could be very Oscar baity, but I don't think it will be, you know? So it's going to be interesting to see like how many people check it out and are like, this is what I was expecting. Probably like Spencer. It's going to be a similar thing. 
Um, the next one is The Northman, which again I had on carried last it year's over. List. <laughs> carried it over. This movie looks so good. Um, I love Robert Eggers supporting New Hampshire out there. Um, both of his movies have been really good, and then this one looks the trailer looks so good. Uh, the next movie here is Pinocchio. This is the Del Toro version because there is a Disney Pinocchio coming out next year, which not great. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe they're going to delay this because that doesn't seem like a great release strategy to yeah. also release a, two Pinocchio movies in a year. Uh, but if this comes out next year, I'll be very excited. I think, too, because Nightmare Alley, the first half is all the carnival stuff. And Pinocchio is a lot of carnivals, a lot of carnival vibes going on in Pinocchio. So I think he could really lean into what I loved about Nightmare Alley um, in this one. So hopefully I like that one. Next kind of is Babylon because this is the new Damien Chazelle movie and it is premiering on December 25th, but it's going wide in January 2023. So like it is technically next year, but it's also not. But I just wanted to put it on here because this is definitely my most anticipated release on the list um very excited it's basically just like going back to holly he's going back to hollywood you know he went he went to space he went he went he did a space thing but it's been a while since first man it's been like four or five years almost 2018 but this it's got margot robbie brad pitt emma stone's coming back samara weaving toby mcguire making another another return meryl streep this is gonna be a great great movie i'm so excited uh, two here blockbusters Thor Love and Thunder amazing uh, very interested to Can't see what's wait. happening with this one uh, a lot of weird stuff remember like all the set photos that came out like, oh man yeah, that, that was classic yeah that were very strange was, <laughs> those, those were just so, so funny uh, Disney definitely was so mad I would have loved to be in those meetings Um, I'm excited for this one I think I mean because I think two of the, the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be somewhat involved obviously um and even though thor ragnarok is not my favorite i still really appreciate like appreciate what it did for the mcu and i'm interested to see like now that i'm assuming they're gonna give taika more rain on this one it looks like mm-hmm. anyway from everything and so i'm interested to see what happens um avatar 2 which is funny because i haven't even seen the first avatar on like not gonna lie what? i haven't seen it but um, this has been delayed, like, what, five years? It's like, how many delays yeah, has this movie had? I don't even know. Like, Too many to count. It, this could be, who knows how this movie is going to be. Could be the worst movie, basically, to come out that we've all been waiting for. But you never know. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait. Maybe we'll do an episode on it. We should. I think it'll be big enough. Um, and we can talk about how I my first impressions of the first Avatar, you know? I have a good story about that movie. Okay, so we got some content in the works then for that one. Um, and then I also have The Fablemans here, which mm. is going to be the new Steven Spielberg movie. Because, like, obviously he just did West Side Story, but that was supposed to come out 2020. So he's been working on this one. And this is, like, kind of like how everyone's now, like, with Belfast doing their version of Roma. This is going to be, I think, Steven Spielberg's version of Roma. Yeah. Where, like, he goes <laughs> to his childhood and is like, this is my childhood memoir, but in a movie. Which, you know... I like to see Steven it's time Spielberg's childhood. For him. It's time. Yeah, and I think like especially even West Side Story, obviously, is a very big production. Ready Player One, very big. I think it's going to be interesting to see him go back to a smaller scale drama. And this is also the first movie since AI that he's taken a writing credit on. So wow. that's pretty pretty cool. Good for he's, him. He's going back to the pen and paper. 
Um, and then I also have just a couple I'll rattle off here that are undated. Who knows if they're coming out next year, but we can only hope. So we have Asteroid City, the Wes Anderson movie, Disappointment Boulevard, which is the Ari Aster movie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese, The Killer, which is um, the David Fincher White Noise, which is Noah Baumbach, and then Armageddon Time, which is the James Gray movie, which I think James Gray makes pretty good movies, and this is also going to be like his Belfast or Roma, I yeah. guess. So all our favorite white boys. <laughs> all making movies, potentially. Making movies, hopefully this year. In we'll see. 2022. Uh, yeah, so a lot of good stuff coming out this year. Probably more than I was excited for last year, I would think. Yeah, well, last year was so up in the air. Like, we had no right. idea if anything was even going to be releasing, basically. So Right. Um, and, you know, we're still, I think, maybe back to the up in the air feeling. But I, I'd like to think that some of these will be and, able to see. You know what's crazy about Knives Out 2? Sorry, my brain uh-huh. is on that still. Um, okay. <laughs> it's going to be coming out on Netflix. Right. Um, so I will be able to just, like, rewatch it over and over and over when it first comes you will. out instead You'll of finish like, it and then start it to... again because i did see it a couple times in the theaters but i had to you know take the trip yeah. to the theater but this time yeah. i can just boop 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 wow yeah i, I assume wait. they're gonna put it in the theater i'm assuming they're gonna give it a theater release yeah um, but i'm also assuming it will not be anywhere near me i think it's gonna be a summer movie that's my prediction we'll see if i'm right next year well from the few set photos it does look like yeah. it was a summer like we know vibe, that it is so set maybe. in greece for part of the film right so i think it's gonna be maybe like july august i think is when mm. it's gonna come out which would fit the timeline of getting first look pictures in the next month and then a trailer could you imagine if i got a trailer for my birthday wow if like what about February a roll around and then oh no I, your, will... your birthday's in february i'm stupid a release stupid. for your birthday if we got the trailer for my birthday and we got the release for your birthday, that would wow. be crazy. That would be the best thing ever. Ryan Johnson, please. <laughs> we are asking nicely. Hey, bestie. Hey. <laughs> nice just, out to Just wondering when. when the release is. <laughs> Set photos, please. Um, yeah. So the last thing we like to do in these episodes is just go over some of our 2022 podcast goals. Because uh, we we have a couple things that we want to make sure we get to or we do in the in this new year. Last year, I think we did a good job of covering a lot of newer movies. I think especially because like it's it'd been a while since we had gotten a lot of those those bigger releases. So I think that was good. But in this new year, I think what we want to try to do is less like well less reviews overall of new movies. Like only reviewing what we really want to talk about, um, and also combining reviews with other things so like yeah even last episode we did hawkeye plus our ranked of disney plus um series you know and so trying to do that because i think it both like gets more content in there it also forces us to be more concise with our thoughts because we know we have like another segment we have to do so yeah. i think that will be good for for everyone so that is one thing that we want to do um, yeah, so we have a couple series that we're going to keep up. Um, it's funny because last year at this time we had announced our cinema swap, but we didn't have a name yes. for it. And we did a couple of those uh, this past year. And then we also added the series during the year Childhood Classics. Um, mm. So our four series that we have that we will be continuing this year are Childhood Classics, 
cinema swap we've never seen in triple feature so we don't really have like a set schedule for those but we try to do each of them a couple times throughout the year so those are yeah. um some things you can expect from us and then last year we did which we said in our last our episode last mm-hmm. year was that we were going to do a summer of star wars and yeah. we did and we it did more than we said we would we did, we did five episodes we did and it was a lot and we it was so exhausting that we decided to do it again this summer <laughs> um, <laughs> not with star wars though i'm not not, not with star, with star wars. wars um so do you want to announce what we're doing this summer yes i'm very excited for this one this summer we are going to be doing the summer of wes anderson where we go through the filmography of one of our favorite directors talk mm-hmm. about all the movies because you know we we talk about Wes Anderson a lot but we really haven't talked about many of his movies besides um Fantastic Mr. Fox, Moonrise Kingdom and then we also talked about French Dispatch obviously. Yeah. Uh, so we've so we could we can get into all of them with this. Uh and I think I'm also excited to get a fresher ranking because whenever you're like updating rankings it's hard at some point to be like I I just watched this one but I haven't seen this one in a while, so is this one better? So get a fresh ranking of his movies, and then we can share those at the end of yeah, the series. So this should be we'll, fun. We'll, we haven't scheduled it all out, so it'll maybe start in like May or June, and it'll be the f- yeah. like an episode each month through the rest of the summer, yeah. where each one will probably have a guest on, and then we'll talk about you know a select couple of the movies. Yeah, probably go chronological is what I'm thinking. Um, yeah. So we can see his tr- see the transition through. We'll figure out exactly where the best stopping points are. Uh, that's still is to come, but I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm very excited. I we both love Wes Anderson. He's like basically your favorite or one of your yeah. top two at least. Mm-hmm. And I think very important to both of us too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, his movies were. Moonrise Kingdom especially was what really started getting me into film. Um, so mm. I'm excited for yeah. that. He's in my top five yeah, directors. Yeah, that's going to so. be good. It's going to be a good one. Um, wow. Good things to come this year. Good episodes, good movies, hopefully good vibes. Uh, so our question of the week this week then is what movie from 2022 are you most looking forward to? So they can be any of the ones we talked about or maybe one we didn't cover. Uh, there's a lot who knows? there's a big list there is a lot maybe you're really excited for dr strange in the multiverse of madness or for light year yeah <laughs> i like when we thought about light here <laughs> we both have no pixar movies on our list we talked about uh yeah. yeah i did get i did get some other franchise you know and of disney yeah we both had some disney on there we like to spread the wealth we don't want to i mean and also like pixar I'm not super excited for their movies this year, so we'll see. We'll see how they yeah. turn out. Yeah. Well, oh, and next week's episode. <laughs> yes. Assuming we can watch all the movies in time, um, mm-hmm. is talking about Scream 5, uh, the new Scream, yes. which is coming out and reviewing that, and then ranking Scream 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Hmm. What if it was like 1, 2, four and five like we're just not <laughs> we're, we're not just covering scream three one four and three i think we're ranking um yeah yeah it's an interest this is like the first big release of the year which is not always great for movies because this is like when they 
dump the movies that they're not yeah they think are not going to do well so could be bad who knows uh but tune in next week and find out if scream five made us laugh or scream that was bad i don't know um <laughs> anything else to say before we wrap no. oh well also oh Follow us on our socials. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. On our podcast, on social media. Check out our website. Leave a review if you can. There, there's reviews on Spotify now. So yeah. if you're on Spotify or you Apple Podcasts. Five stars. Give us a five star review. Share us with your friends. Share the blog post with your friends, maybe if you yeah, think you'd like and it. A lot of things. You know, it's the start of the year. So if there's a movie that you want us to consider covering this year, uh, whether it's an old one or a new one or an idea you have, feel free to message our podcast account or email us at secondhandfilmcritics at gmail.com uh, and we will yeah. take it into consideration. We will. We will put it into our brains and, and through the consideration machine that we mm -hmm. have. Yes. Um. All right. So now anything else before we No, I have nothing else. All right. Uh, well, until next time, I'm Noah. And I'm Kayla. And, and we're, we're your, your second-hand second film, film critics. critics.